not power. It holds the potential for power if we use it as a guide for action. Edward D. Griffith. Beware the head of the snake. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for entering the tiger's den. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your time in the tiger's den. We will try not to waste it. It is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023 AD. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I will be updating everyone with some breaking banking news, some bre breaking bailout news that I don't hear anybody talking about in the mainstream media. And I haven't heard anybody talk to about as of late, only one other person mentioned this in the alt media. So also tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm excited to announce uh, something that we're gonna do. It's, it's, it's gonna be our first uh, series, first episode in a four-part series on addiction. Might go longer depending on, on how it goes and how many people want to get involved. Um, but this is serious business, ladies and gentlemen. So put your serious shoes on because you've got the tiger by the tail. With us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is my ninja hound bouncer lurking about, the dude, dog, and terror of the new squirrel order. Also with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, a light of liberty in the jungle of tyranny washing over the darkness of deceit prescribed by the poisonous propaganda machine. Ladies and gentlemen, she sends the dark varmints scurrying. And Christ. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, a human locomotive of freedom, a long-distance runner for truth and liberty, pounding down the lies of the global cabal with each step he runs, a model of endurance and determination. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris, Chris Mincy. And Chris, thanks for joining me tonight on the Tigers Den and on such a serious uh, subject. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thanks for having me, AT. Appreciate it. Um, well, let's see. Um, since we're talking about addiction, I'll just tell a little bit about my past with that. Um, I went back to college and was in a curriculum for the first time ever in chemical de dependency counseling. Um, got my degree, two-year degree, and um, probably about nine months later, landed in a, uh, a halfway house, which I don't really like to use that, <laughs> that uh, terminology because actually it was a beautiful state-of-the-art community place where people, individuals with um, addiction issues, uh, came to stay while they were in treatment, learned life skills, um, went to treatment, came back, did a bunch of stuff at, uh, at the residence. So I did that, uh, worked with women for two years at the community residence. And then I went into this two years later, I, uh, was promoted to supportive living. And that's, a um, a program where people start to transition to the community, live in apartments, uh, two, two people in each apartment while they're starting maybe going to school, still maybe going to outpatient periodically and just learning how to get back into life. And then two years after that, I was asked to run that program. So I did that for seven years. Um, and then we had another program after that where they actually could move into a home depending on how well they were doing. So, um, so 
it, it was a great opportunity. I met so many lovely people. I, I can't tell you how sad it is to see someone who is so intelligent and so loving just have some of the horrible things that happened in their lives. So um, it was a great opportunity. And then I moved to Florida and decided, you know, I had been in the field a long time. It, it could be stressful. And I was finding that I was kind of losing myself, um, helping everybody else. So I decided I wasn't going to work. I was just going to go get a, uh, a job where I didn't have to worry about someone else. Um, and then um, I'm pretty much retired now because of a disability. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, but like I said, it, it was a wonderful opportunity and I'm so glad I did it. Wow, that's an amazing story, and it, it sounds like uh, we have the right lady here for uh, this, this addiction series. I hope you can. I hope you can finish them out with me. We're going to do at least four, and uh, it's you know I think it's an important thing you know for us to discuss, and uh, it, it affects so many people's lives. I know we have viewers that have addiction either themselves or affecting their lives somehow, mm -hmm. one way or another. It, it touches so many people, especially mm -hmm. in this day and age. Chris, tell us about yourself, brother. Uh, uh, you know, uh, born in Long Beach, uh, raised in Southern California. I live in Texas now. I'm on the run from the federal government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to, I started smoking meth when I was 15, started smoking pot when I was 12, uh, dealt with it my whole life. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I discovered running and I, I, I've been to rehabs. I've been to counselors. I've been on all the pharmaceuticals. Uh, you know, I found Jesus. That was the, the first thing I did. But I, even though I found Jesus, I continued down that path. And But every time I started talking to myself on a street corner, Jesus was always there. And then uh, I had always liked running. You know, I would smoke meth and go jogging. I never understood that jogging was going to be my medicine. And, uh, you know, uh, I never even knew that you could jog every day. I mean, that's how, you know, uh, I wasn't thinking straight. And then, you know, I, I, my brother was always telling me about the David Goggins. This was years ago. And I go, man, that guy, you know, and then they, he, he runs 22 miles a day or something like that. I go, let me try that. Then I went from, you know, three miles a day to five to eight to 20. And then I got to 10 to 20. And uh, when I started getting up to 10, I started realizing that uh, my brain started operating like if I was on meth, like I'd, I'd be done with the run and I'd be super confident walking, you know, like just on a good high, <laughs> just feeling good, just literally tweaking, but without the meth. And when I discovered that, I just went all in on it. And uh, that's been the guy's about to drive by with a loud motorcycle right now. <laughs> well, that's all right. Don't worry about any of that, brother. Um, this is real life. Do you, I, you know, do it yourself. Yeah. Media. You're a real guy in a real world right now down there in Houston, Texas. Yeah, you know, I would wake up every morning because I've always been in construction my whole life. And I got into construction because it was like I was a dropout. I dropped out of school when I was 13. And uh, I thought that's what losers did. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm a loser. So I'm going to go work. And then uh, I dealt with this problem all the time. I love construction now. But when I was younger, I didn't like it because I thought that, you know, you're told to go to college and do this and do that. I, I went to college, got good grades, but I, it wasn't my thing. And then uh, God would just tell me, I said, God, what am I going to do with my life? He said, get up and go running. I was like, what, what's he talking about? Man, what do you mean get up and go running? And every day he was just get up and go run, get up and go run. So I would do that. Get up and go run, get up and go run. 
years later, I'd be running down the street and people would roll by in their car and they'd tell me, hey, man, because of you, I walk now. And, and they, nice. you know, you know, people started telling See? me these things. So I started, and then that was God. He's like, I told you, you listen to me and I'll take care of you. And yeah. so, uh, so many stories of people, uh, you know, I'm a really private person. That's why I'm, I'm surprised I'm even on here. <laughs> but uh, I, I really don't like to be noticed and stuff, to be honest with you. But people begin to notice you after a while. Then in 2020, I was in California. They had the BLM. I ran through a BL, two BLM riots with my American flag on my head. Oh, wow. And I ran through some. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got into it with some of them by myself. <laughs> Uh, you know, some ACDC and 20 miles of running, you're going to start. Locomotive. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, in California at the time, you know, if you wore an American flag on your head, it was like wearing uh, the Stars and Bars Dixie flag. It was everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people out there think it was like racist or something, you know, especially right. when every, they're burning everything. So I started wearing it like, all right, you know, this, you know, people were getting shot. We see it on the news. There were at Trump, you know, Trump supporters were getting shot for, you know, wearing a MAGA hat and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I started wearing that. And uh, and then I, 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 I started realizing that people were like uh, patriotic and they, they started looking at me run during the lockdown. I would just yell out like, you know, I was yelling in the neighborhoods you know, not even a single shot. You guys all went inside. And I would just get out. <laughs> right. And people started like, right. started, I started fighting people, man. They, and it, it kind of, it's just crazy. And now I'm here talking to you guys. Now you're here. <laughs> well, look, uh, Chris yeah. Ann and Chris. Chris I shout mean, out to Chris Graves. I, I love Chris Graves. <laughs> oh, we're going to be shouting out Chris Graves. That's awesome, brother. Uh, Chris, this is awesome. And uh, I want to give you guys a, 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 you guys are roaring for liberty. Thanks for coming on the show. So we're going to launch into it, guys. And uh, before we get into the addiction thing, because you guys know it would be bereft of me not to be covering this this banking thing. And I have some breaking news. So just, you know, I'm just going to explain everything that where we're at. Give us up to speed. It's, it's not going to be long because the addiction thing is, you know, important. Um, so what's going on is a couple of different things happened today. But th this is the main thing that's going on. They're saying that the banks are uh, providing liquidity, okay? They're providing liquidity. That That is just another term for bailout. They don't want to use that term bailout, but they're bailing out banks. So I'm sure you everybody's aware of they bailed out SVB and they bailed out, they bailed out Republic Bank, okay? But they're not the only banks that are getting bailouts. I reported this the other day. There are secret banks. There's that no, They're not telling you. It's a secret because we're not allowed to know who else they're bailing out because of the word you're going to hear and more and more contagion effect of SVB, you know, falling down. And all this is, is like I tell everybody, the, the central banks use this thing. It's called the Mandrake effect. OK, it's just a magician effect where you just you're making something out of nothing. Right. Basically, it's, it's just to run it down in a real quick way. That's the Mandrake effect. This is a different form of the Mandrake effect. They use the, you know, they digitize the money, print the money, however you want to put it. And that's a Mandrake effect. This Mandrake effect is they have these banks. They're creating more money, more reasons. Okay, that's another thing of the, the Mandrake effect. They need to create a reason. They print more money to pull it out of the future. And this banking collapse, there's a bunch of assets. They probably had all kinds of people investing, blah, blah, blah. Pull the plug. Okay, they're, 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 they're able to do that. So they're gaining money. The big bank, the bigger banks, the Chase and all that, who are just a, a funnel to the Federal Reserve back and forth, 
those banks are gaining depositors who are running from the little banks. That's what's going on. Okay, there's a, there's a bank run and the little banks are in trouble. Not financial advice. Credit unions are a little safer because they're not for profit. But still, just guys, ladies and gentlemen, get your money out of those places. Use them, use them to pay your bills. I mean, and that's it. Again, not financial advice. Find a safe place for your money. Turn it into silver and gold if you're saving it. But anyway. Don't so give that's it to your drug on. dealer. <laughs> yeah, don't give it to your drug dealer, in, in, you know, in the vein of this episode. <laughs> You know, good. I like that, Chris. You kept the spirit. The main of the episode was in the banking report. I love it. So we got. So they're making money on on this consolidation because that's what's going on. Why are they consolidating? Why are they, you know, that's the big thing about this? Don't don't. Number one, the two big takeaways: bailout going on, printing more money, and the federal government. They, they coined money man, money man. They dragged him out today to say yes, or the other day to say yes, yes. We're going to support this and. We're going to, you know, it has the backing of the American, you know, government. So we're, we're insuring it with our tax dollars. They're going to print it, print all this money, bail these banks out. Okay. Then on top of that, on top of that, the funnel, the, the, the bigger banks are gaining more deposits because they've been illiquid. They're, there's not a lot of liquidity. There's not a lot of action going on because the interest rates, there's no deals going on. So things are slow. So they need to make things happen. Right. So that's because they're not making any money. Okay, so that's going on. So they're making money on that. Then, you know, like I said, they're printing the money. That's not going to help inflation. Okay, and then the the coup de gras on this is the CBDC. They're 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 pounding crypto right now, and they're still forging ahead with the CBDC. They're consolidating for a reason. And now the news today was Swiss Credit Bank, which is a bank in, in Switzerland, is doing the same thing over there. They're creating money out of thin air and they're handing it out to all the other banks that are in Europe. I believe, I think it's localized. I just caught it before we got on air. So, but that's going on too, but that's the takeaway. And the little people are getting screwed in the little banks, the depositors. Okay. And the FDIC has got to, we got to print the money for that. So we're covering the FDIC, the printing of the money for the bailout that they're not telling you has happened. And here's the breaking news that I haven't heard anybody talk about. I haven't heard any names. But if you watch the stocks, you want to know what banks are being bailed out. We got First Republic. We got SVB. Okay. But these are the stocks that went up because these are the stocks that they their, their banks are being bailed out. So they're getting money. Liquidity is going in. It's They're calling it a liquidity injection. It's a bailout. They You know, they keep using, you know, words are important. So we got First Republic, Western Alliance, SVB, of course. Okay. Pac West Bank Corp, Zionist Bank Corp. And Comerica. So those are the ones I can for sure say by tracking the stock market. And, you know, Gregory Manorino pointed this out. The only other guys can say this by tracking the stock market. And I, I double checked him that those are the banks get receiving bailouts. Those are the ones that we know of. So that's, that's where the banking SVB thing is. It's consolidation, money creation, liquidity, liquidity creation, because this is all crashing down around them and they're going to bring in and making room to bring in the CBDC. That's, that's what this is. What do you think, Ann? Yeah, it's bad. It's funny. You mentioned the credit union. I actually got a text from them yesterday stating, don't worry, you know, and explained, um, yeah. yeah, explain that, you know, they're about community and our money is safe and, um, you know, so I was like, well, <laughs> I still don't feel safe, you know, and I keep debating on 
like, should I take everything out of there? And will that flag something else? And, you know, so I'm a little bit nervous about the whole take your money out of the bank thing um, in, in two ways, you know, whether I won't have it or if I take it out, you know, it's going to be questioned for, you know, why did you take it out? I think David and I talked a little bit about how people um, ended up having uh, the feds like come after them because they took out, you know, 3,000 one month, 3,000 the next month. So, you know, it just kind of, it's, it's scary. The whole thing is scary. And knowing that this is leading us into this digital uh, thing is probably the most terrifying thing that could happen. I mean, what are you going to do at that point? So, yeah, it's all craziness. Crazy. Well, yeah, definitely scary stuff going on there. Uh, Chris, what what do you think? Uh, you know, sometimes I think, how's the CIA going to do um, their black ops without cash? I mean, or what about these? What what do the cartels think about this? Or how are they going to be paid? And interesting, uh, you know. Um, but I, you know, I heard somewhere uh, it was during the lock. I think it was Jason Goodman had a guest. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he was on YouTube for a while. But uh, um, one guy said, you, you're going to, you, when this CBDC comes, you're going to pray for the days of mass mandates and vaccine mandates. And <laughs> as this, I, you know, sometimes you hear stuff like David Knight, especially you hear him say stuff and you go, oh my God, I hope this guy's wrong, you know? And then when it starts to get closer and closer, like, oh my God, he was right. <laughs> right. And so um, I don't know, you know, um, you know, there was a time in, in Los Angeles where I got to the point where it's like, in order, cause we, we ended up in Texas because of the mandates uh, my wife was mandated at her job and she was willing to take it. But I said, no, 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 no. You know, we're not going to do that. And, you know, we were able to defy. We, we lost everything and we were able to, you know, leave, get to Texas. But when this CB, it's like, how, where can you run to at, at a certain point? Right. It's like you have to e- end up like Ted Kaczynski, you know, uh, to be free. And then so it's like, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's like, I, you know. It's 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 a scary scenario. I think at first, it's going to be uh, they're going to make it nice and, and easy on us. They're going to make it's going to make our life easier at first. I believe the CBDC because they got to ease it into us. Don't make it too drastic. Let these guys, you know, maybe you get a home loan and if you pay with CBDC, your interest rate is lower, something like that, or if however you pay your insurance, they maybe they they give you all these possible incentives, so it makes it makes makes sense to get into it but in the long run like my kids or when i'm older or my grandkids in the future they're the ones that are really going to suffer it's like uh it's like when nafta first passed it didn't really hit nobody until you know years later right hey we're we're getting everything cheap right now it's better so i think the cbdc might be something like that where it's like at first it's actually going to make life i think they're going to make life worse on purpose in order that the cbdc makes our life a little bit better yeah in the long run we're just going to be stuck in this cycle and there's no escape in it it's like in many ways you know no like liberty or death mentality you have to have you know like man yeah <laughs> it's to like, your point man, me eventually you, you know uh, uh first with, with what ann said is is and ann you know taking your money out of the bank is a radical idea i mean i, I i'm not you know it does I, i'm not lost on 
what a what a radical idea that actually is, right? I mean, that's a big. I mean, what do you do? You keep it at home and protect it. Hope your house doesn't burn down. Like you know, I I recently you know I, you know my my significant other she lost everything she had burned you know or or someone come and rob you you know who knows right or a flood right or you gotta evacuate you know can you take it all with you and so (laughs) yeah we're stuck with this crap system here and and then to your point chris you know the black market this is one thing you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna get off this subject really quick but in a second but this is one thing people don't understand. The black market around the world, but especially in this country, that runs the the upper the the above ground market. It they're they're tied in together uh, intricately, and I'm very interested to see how the central bankers are going. That you know the the the, the snake headed, uh, you know gypsy tin bending dog robbing central bankers are going to deal with this. You know, because they have to have that, like you said, the slush funds, that that underworld, or that they might just take it over. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, with that being said, I want everyone not to worry, because now here we go to the professional wrestling, right? The politics of it all. This is what they feed the de- you know the Democrats, the the left. Okay, how Biden saved Silicon Valley startups inside seventy two hours and transformed U.S. banking. Yeah, he basically said we're going to back the FDIC. He basically he almost basically nationalized banking, like David Knight went through this morning, and and, and that's basically what he did. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of it all, but that that that's exactly where we're at with this, you know. Um, and that's that's what he did. So. Let's get let's and here here here's a tribute to Biden. <laughs> the coin mummy man says everything's all right. And the other day, Maxine Waters came out. That really that made me sleep better that night when they dragged <laughs> they, when they dragged Maxine Waters out. You know, made, made her eat her Wheaties that morning and and put her up there. And she looks like one of them. Them. Did you guys ever see that movie with uh, uh, Rowdy Piper? Uh, them. Was it them? Where he puts on the glasses and he can see everything, all the subliminals. Well, anyways, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he looks like one of the females of them. She looks like (laughs) one of the female thems, you know. It's just horrible. (laughs) James Brown. (laughs) So let's get into it, guys. Addiction. Um, Serious topic. Um, I believe that there are extreme diabolical aspects to addiction. I believe if it's not diabolical in its conception in, in an individual, then it's diabolical, then it allows diabolical activity to enter a lot easier than normal because it weakens the spirit and the soul. Um, so that's why I have this picture up here. You know, this is St. Anthony. It was the only, one of the only pictures I could find of demons tormenting somebody. And so that's why I got this up there. But, you know, it's a good story. In the end, he, he, he faces off the demons with, because of Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. So nonetheless, but yeah, here's, you know, here's an addicted soul. Here's, an, here's what an addicted person is dealing with. Yeah. You know, quite literally in my mind, that's, that, that's the way I, I see it. So, you know, that, that's where we're at with this. Um, let me see here. How do I get do this? Then we'll go like this. And then we'll go over to here. So substance abuse. We call it substance abuse. We call it addiction. We call it chemical dependency. Um, you know, we, I think we, I don't have to give everybody a lesson on this. We know what it is. It's, you know, 
I think there's a difference, and Anne, you can help me out with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to critique my 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 description of this, but when you're doing a drug or alcohol or I think anything other than you know, maybe like running or something. I'm sure that it does, you know, healthy things don't do this to you. But when you're doing a substance, okay, for recreational purposes, okay, non-medicinal purposes, and it's taking over your life, and that is the main focal point of your life before everything else, then I believe that you're addicted. You know, that's my definition, layman's definition of addiction. It's pretty similar to John Hopkins that I have up here. What do you think, Ann? Yeah, that's, that's a perfect description. Yeah, Chris, what's what's your description of addiction? I think it's uh, just like you said. I mean, that's how they're going to get people with the CBDC. <laughs> people are addicted right. to the material things. That's how they were able to get everybody to comply because people are addicted to spending. They're addicted to listening and to the government. And it's like, uh, you know, so, yeah, it becomes detrimental. Let's the let's the devil in and. You know, there's a lot of people that probably need to go through drug addiction, too, sometimes, I think, just to be humbled, to see that darkness and stuff. You know, that's why I'm not an atheist, because I've seen the devil too many times. <laughs> and when you quit, the devil keeps coming. <laughs> the Lord has a plan so, for everyone, right? Everybody has a plan. Oh, yeah. You're going through something oh, yeah. for a reason. I, I do, It made me a much better person that built my character, right? I, I mean, to me. Gave, I mean, gave me it's more horrible faith, that uh, I went through that, but I... I'm I'm proud of who I am today and I stand tall. Like and I can tell Chris when I talk to you, you're the same way. You know, and, yeah. and that's the thing. So and I, I looked into this and, and it looks to me still to this day, there are two, maybe three forms of treating addiction, and still the most popular one I assume is the 12 step, or or am I wrong? Well, I think it, it's ever changing. Um, but I know that with, at least in New York state, um, when I was working in the field, um, one of the requirements was to attend AA meetings. Um, and you know, uh, the sad piece about that is maybe 10% stay clean and sober, uh, attending that, but I think it's a good place to start. I think everybody finds their, the way that works for them, you know, like Chris, you know, he said running. Um, but I, I know it's a, a great foundation to start with, especially for people who are, you know, already like been through rehab and stuff. If you could go and just listen, you find your own way through the things you learn there. It's like anything else. Don't, don't you think like when you're, you're exploring and reading, you, you know, you grow and you learn. And I think that's a great place to start. And I think the way the 12 steps are set up, it's not scary for someone who's feeling, you know, just like their world is just gone. It kind of gives hope and um, has them do some work about their, you know, their own stuff. Um, looking, taking a good look at themselves. So 12 step, you know, I, I would always say, you know, try it, see how it is, go for a little while. Don't just go once, go for a little while. And then as you grow, it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of people in the rooms that are, have been in there for 30 years. And I re remember thinking as a counselor, like, okay, so 
you are clean and sober now and you, you've done all these things, but you still are sitting in those rooms. The, and I think they're addicted to the meeting. That, yeah, and you're just telling your, your story over and over again, which is very helpful to new beginners. But I, I always thought, like, isn't recovery about growing as a human being? Like, you've already got the tools, start applying them in your life. So, and, and then, of course, there's other therapies that are involved. You know, a lot of times people need to get clean and sober, and then they need to go and talk to somebody about maybe, you know, childhood abuse or whatever, you know, they experience right. in their life. So I think it's just, you know, an array of things that need to be done. And a person has to figure that out with the tools that they're provided. I mean, not everything works for the, for everybody, right. you know? So, nice. yeah. You, you know, uh, the reason I, I didn't pull up any statistics because unless you're, you know, blind and living on another planet, we know that addiction is rampaging the country worse than ever before. When I was a kid, they had the say no to drugs campaign. This is your brain on drugs. It was focused, you know, the, the anti-crack cocaine, all that. But And now we have it. It's way worse than it ever was and ever has been. And none of that's going on from what I can see. I don't see it on social media or on the, the mainstream TV. So, But Chris, well, um, I'm going to give you my opinion on, not my opinion, but my my experience with the 12-step program and kind of why I have a perspective of it um, too, you know, I, but Chris, what, when you, you said you went through rehabs, right. And you went through all this stuff and what, how did the 12-step program help you? Did it not help you? Was it, you know, oh, it I'm helped, sure you've seen the same thing. We've seen 10%, you know, making it. It, it helped me um, because I, even when you go to the meetings and stuff, right. And uh, you know, you sit there, you hear other people's story, you realize that, how deep the drug addiction could go when you're young and you're like, man, I don't want to end up doing that just to get the drug, you know? Right. And then, uh, then you work, you know, I still work the program in ways that I don't, you know, like, like if I, if I offend somebody, I make it a point to apologize to the, like with my marriage, we don't, you know, I apologize super quick. I learned that in the, in the, in the 12 steps and, uh, you know, uh, to, you know, make peace with that. So I don't have regrets that sit inside of me that poison my soul uh, it, it, you know, it, it helped me at the time. Uh, it was necessary to go through. And it's one of those things where I agree with, with, and it's like, you, you, you go to it and, and then you kind of like take what you learn, what applies to you and you keep pushing forward through life. And whenever you kind of slip or something, because it's, you know, people, I slipped so many times back into addiction, but it's like always there. It's like, all right, remember, you know, remember all these things, you know, like step one, you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you have right. to, you know, understand that higher power and all that. So, you know, and I've seen the, 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 like the lifers in there, but they do a good thing too. You know, like they, they keep sharing that story. There were some stories that I heard of guys that were 30 years sober and like, Gives you hope. yeah, you know, uh, they, they just, they just, uh, like the first time I heard the word people pleaser, I was like, that's what I am. The guy is saying that's what he was, you know? And so, stuff like that uh so the programs they work you know it's like a, it's kind of like a a, um, a religion in some type of way um you know then you go deeper into it i heard the guy they when they started he was like on an acid trip or something i don't know if you guys ever heard that <laughs> it was a pretty bizarre story with the guy there's a lot of christian undertones in this and and you know what guys is i, yeah. I got the 12 what? steps pulled up oh awesome so, so what i want to do is and, and and this is my thing with the 12 steps i 
the program. I'm not going to so much be an advocate of the program. I think if it works for you, you should do it. And you do. You need to go to a 12-step program and go to the tables and listen to some of these people. You know, because I think what the 12-steps do is when we're addicted, we have lost our humanity, right? And we have lost our way. Um, and, and a lot of times, a lot of people weren't, don't have a, a moral base to start from. But if you did have that moral base, you've lost your way and you lost your humanity. And I think the 12 steps kind of bring us back to being a human being. And, you know, it's so let's go. The first one, we admit that we are powerless over alcohol or drugs and our lives have become un, unmanageable. So what is that to me is uh, it's, you know, we'll, we'll burn through these quick guys. You know, we'll do some quick synapses to me that that's basically a check on your ego that you have to like take some 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 account of what's going on and admit you're not you, you're addicted to the drug and you can't handle it you're not handling it right that that's the way i look at that what do you think Aaron? um yeah i think that's right but i also think it's like you know in my life is just uh, you know a train wreck you know and and getting to the point where you say and I think people know deep down they're just not ready to let it go yet. And when you reach that point where, you know, uh, my life is a mess and I'm really sick of sick of being tired. And um, I think that's what that step does is you get to that point where you're like, OK, I have to do something. And, you know, a lot of people go in those rooms not still going Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, it takes a little time for that stuff to seep in. Right. Chris? Yeah, it just helped me, uh, you know, uh, give up control and give that control to, to for me, it was Jesus Christ. And So and, you went uh, from one to three immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they're all in their, tw you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but, uh, I mean, that's how it happens, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you, when you you know uh when you admit that you're powerless i mean aren't we all to a certain degree of everything you know like but life we don't is like so to chaotic. do that we don't like yeah. to do that as human beings right it, it, it humbles you because uh, i had a buddy that ended up going to rehab and and he and i told him that he should go and all that and when he did that he, he came out like three months later and he goes everybody should go everybody in america should go to the, go through this program because um that's one of the problems that people don't apply a lot of this stuff to their own lives and they go around creating chaos in yours and stuff and so yeah. sure. I, to interject. <laughs> I agree with you <laughs> um, and? and the steps are something that are for life when you think about it because there's always exactly. something you know there's always something in your life where these apply exactly so. exactly now now guys when i printed this pdf to so i could display it a little bit bigger for everybody so they could see I cut number two off and I don't remember what it is. <laughs> I don't remember what it is either. Because we're old. <laughs> we're powerless. I don't I'll know. look it up. I'll, Where's I'll Google? Up. Where's Chris Graves? <laughs> <laughs> Made a search. No, that's something else. I got it. I got it, guys. I got it. I'm uh Yeah, that, I would I went to rehab maybe. Like okay. 2000 okay, hold on. So, step two is that we came to believe a power greater than ourselves can restore ourselves to sanity. There you go. All right. Okay. So, Thanks for yeah. reminding me. 
<laughs> yeah. So, and that, that goes along with step three with, uh, we decide to turn our wills and lives over to the care of a higher power, whatever that may be. Now, when I, when I went to rehab, I was 16. Um, I went to two different ones and then I did a 500 hour program in, in, in prison, but we'll get to that later. But when I was, when I was in rehab, I didn't believe in, I, you know, anything anymore. Right. By that time. Um, I was, you know, I was a, a heathen or a pagan or whatever you want, a godless. Uh, at that point, I didn't even believe in the paganism stuff. So I, you know, I quit everything. So that was hard for me to deal with. But I still believe that there was a God. So I, how does an atheist deal with that? What do you guys think of that? I mean, I, I know neither one of you are atheists, but what do you think, Ann? How, how, well, did you, how did you, what did you tell an atheist when you were working they, and they, they got tripped up on this? Well, you know, one of the things is, is like the power could be the people in the rooms, people helping you could be your higher power, you know, the people that help you, that give you suggestions, your sponsors, you know. Um, but I, most of the people that I worked with, believe it or not, they, they believed in God, they moved away from God and everything that, you know, happened in their lives. But I never really worked with anybody that said, I don't believe in God, but I do know that because um, I have friends um, in the program and still in the program that are like, you know, it could be just this room and the power of the things that are being said here, you know, right. and you know, that's coming from God <laughs> when people yeah. are speaking, right? So, yeah, so I don't think it was, you know, I don't think anything is like black and white with this. Um, with the steps, even, you know, um, everyone is going to interpret them how how they will work for them. Right. And as I said, they're going to go through them throughout their whole lives. And actually, myself, I love the steps because right. it brings you back. It brings should, you should back. I, should, should, should we not do what we're doing now so people interpret? I, I don't want to mess somebody up, right? No, I think it's a, a great opening. I mean, I remember, you know, reading them, you know, when we were in class and stuff. And and I thought, wow, you know, this could really help someone. And even maybe okay. just one of them might click for somebody, you know? Exactly. So, Chris, what do you think about that? I mean, in the program, did you ever run into somebody you didn't believe in, you know, have a religion? So therefore their higher power was like maybe the people in the room or the program itself. I, I heard one guy say, you can make it your chair. And that kind of like, but it minimalized step two and three. It minimalized yeah, the significance of it, I think. When I've heard of a, when you make the group, you make the group your higher power and your peers, uh, you know, uh, what you say about the atheists, uh, you know, sometimes I hear people say, I'm an atheist. I say, oh, keep going, man. The devil got something for you. Don't worry. Because I, 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 I was like an atheist. I thought I was smarter than who believes in God. You got to be an idiot to believe in God. You know, this, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, that devil kept coming <laughs> and it got to the point where I dropped to my knees and begged for God, you know, and begged for Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, so for an atheist, I would, you know, those atheists out there, you know, it's that's between them and God in a weird way. It's like, there's no set. It's like Ann said, there's no set. Each individual has a different path. And, you know, some people, you know, I don't know. It's like, uh, so. Dude, I wrote locomotive. Is. I put locomotive in your introduction, dude. Boy, what, and I, without really knowing what I was doing. And I was 100% right, I think. What do you think, <laughs> Ann? He's, yeah. uh, 
he's like a train. He says what's on his mind. I love it. I love it. This is this is going to be excellent. So, all right. So you know, we covered steps two and three basically, and then okay, here's a big one for me. This is something I realized. You can't, I don't think, do any kind of repair on your spirit, your intellect, or or your body without doing number four searching moral inventory of ourselves and i think a big problem with not only drug addicts but people in general is they hate to think they're doing something wrong and they hate admitting it to themselves that's that's a big i think wall for people to climb you know so what what, do you, what are your guys' thoughts on that well i think people know and that's why it's so i mean they beat themselves up and that's why they like part of the reason they may use because they know morally they've done things that are against who they are even. So I, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, hit a wall and people don't want, you know, don't think they've been immoral or I think it's that they do know and it's, it hurts so bad and they can't stop and move forward and do what's right because of their addiction. That's my thoughts on that. Chris? What is it? We must make a search. We, 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 search, we make a searching oh, moral inventory yeah. of ourselves. Don't we all know a bunch of family members like that? Like, you look inside yourself. Stop pointing the finger at me. I think right. Anne's correct, too, right there. You know, I think a lot of drug addicts, not all, but a lot, deal with a lot of guilt and it just perpetuates itself in the deeper you you, like you're doing the drugs you love it and you hate it and you feel guilty and you want to do more all at the same time you know and when you start doing a moral inventory especially if you have kids or a loved one like a wife or something and you're like skipping out on them to go do your drugs and you got to really dig deep and you know uh, look into yourself and do that moral inventory i do that all the time with my kids you know like if i yell at them or something and i go let me do that quick moral inventory you know these steps, sometimes I forget as you're going over them. It's like I, I do them so automatic. You know what I mean? Like I don't even remember step by step what they are. Because That's why it's important to do them. So like it, they are important, though, but th- not just for drug addiction, just for life. Like just people well, should sure, check themselves. It's their morality. They're, 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 they're your human side. They're, they're the things you need to do to, be, to become a good human. We all have a conscience. We all have these things, and it's when you're a drug addict, you'll lose all of that. You're on automatic pilot, like an animal or a plant on an automatic process. Almost your, your primalness, you know, your, your, what they call the reptilian brain has taken over, you know? So you got to humble yourself before life humbles you. Cause if you don't humble yourself, life will humble you. It might take a lifetime, but it will humble you. It will drop you to your knees and let you know that you're not nothing. So you got to do that moral inventory and humble yourself before either some crazy nut in the street humbles you or life or God or the devil, you know what I mean? Like, so that's important, <laughs> really important step. Yeah. And Check I think it goes right along with number yourself. five here. <laughs> number five, we admit to a higher power ourselves and another person, the exact nature of our wrongs and why another person, a lot of people, you know, I, I, I get it all the time because of my faith. They're like, why do you got to tell our dude? your thing? I'm not telling a dude. He's a witness to me telling God. I'm telling God and I'm doing it in front of another person. That's not an easy thing to do at all. I'm saying something in front of another person, you know, as, and he's like, 
yeah, hey God, this guy's here. I'm witnessing it. And it's it's not it's it's hard to do. But why do they say another person? Because to admit that to yourself is one thing, but are you admitting everything? Are you really doing it? You know, that other person is there. You have to admit it to another person. So you're really it really puts you on the spot and makes you deal with it. You know, you know what I mean? That's 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 why I like step number five, you know, real quick and your take on that. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it, it's easy. Okay. So you're writing down the things, you know, and that, you know, you can write them down and you're like, Oh, you're making a list. And then when you're talking to another person, that's, I mean, it really brings you to the feelings around it, you know, it, and it's hard. I mean, but it does, it does help you bring up those feelings around it. I mean, you know, intellectually, right. That this, this, and this, and this, but right. you actually have to talk to someone else about it. It really is uh, a very emotional thing to have to do, but a very cleansing thing. Nice. Chris. It brings out the ugly in whatever you've done, you know, like when you tell it to yourself or, or between you and God, like, all right, Jesus, you died for my sins. Thanks, man. I'm going to keep on going. But when you tell somebody else, it brings out the ugliness of what you've done because it's like you voice it, you know, it's like, it's like as if a, there's a husband and he's like, he's got like, he, he, he hooked up with a woman behind his wife's back. And, and uh, it's like, it's one thing to, to like tell yourself, but if you told your wife what you did, it will bring out the ugliness and the pain of it all, you know? So, I mean, that's my interpretation of it, but, um, and also you can look at it like this in a spiritual sense, like, you know, two people, what is it two when two people are talking about God, that's, or talking about God and Jesus's presence, something like that. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it's like, um, there's something spiritual probably to that too. It's like your spirit telling another spirit in the flesh, you know what you've done and it, yeah. it's like it's like i think it's cleansing though it, it like it'll sting your soul like i don't know when you when you see that that it's hurtful in somebody's eyes versus what you think is hurtful like it's it, it makes probably makes you more uh um, less likely to repeat or to repeat something so hurtful if you see the hurt that it could create or even to bounce off if it's a friend of yours, you could just tell them stuff that you did. You could see their perspective of it. It might not even be as bad as you thought, actually, sometimes. <laughs> right. No, you exactly. Know? So so I think what we're going to do, guys, This we are having great conversations here. And we have 12 steps. So I think what we're going to do is do six tonight. Right. And then so we can check some other things out and then come back to this the next time we do this. Um which hopefully, Chris, if you want to come back on, uh, what do you what do you think, Anne? You think we should let Chris back on for another addiction? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I think so too. So if you have the time, Chris, so we'll 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 get with Anne and I'll, we'll get we'll schedule it out. But we'll do six, number six here, and then uh, number six. Anyway, I want to um, jump to something else here after we get on to this. Number this number this is an important subject, guys, and and I'm hoping that 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 this helps some people. You know, I, I think uh, I think we're right now we're producing something that's that's important and uh, and, and I, I feel good about it. The spirit is here with us. I really do. I, I believe that. So, number six, we are ready to have a higher power remove these defects in character. 
So I, I look at this and I'm going to look at this from a, you know, a non like just kind of an agnostic standpoint. I, I don't know standpoint, but a, a standpoint of you have dropped your ego down. You have these defects in your character. You know, you can't get rid of them on your own willpower and you are willing to let the higher power, which in my, my case is God. Okay. Or they the, the program for other people or people or whatever it might be give you some help and remove this from you. I mean, it's very Christian-esque. It, it, this is definitely Judeo-Christian uh, morality mm-hmm. that we're looking at, you know, to me. You know, you're basically saying, God, come help me. And you're, you know, we all need help from God. We're all sinners. So what do you think, Ann? I think that's exactly it. Um, and and that's the thing about the the guys that developed the program. You should really take, t- take time just to to mention it, to read up on them because it, yeah. it's pretty, pretty incredible story. But yeah, I mean, we can't do it alone. Right. And, um, me being a Christian, you know, I asked for help to help remove things. Sorry, my dogs are barking. No, it's okay. We love dogs. <laughs> They're outside, but, um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is, uh, I think Christian based and, you know, you're asking God to help you to to get rid of those those uh, defects. Chris, uh, without Jesus Christ for me, there is no way, no way, I could make it through anything in life. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, it's like, you know, there's stuff that people talk about, like you know, we this is one life cycle, and we go through that. I don't know, you know as far as people's beliefs go, but you're always refining yourself. You're always refining yourself and you definitely need that. You know, you, you need the higher power. And yeah. You know, I get uh, it. No, I get, I get you. It's, you know, for me too. I mean, I, we don't have the time cause I, you know, man, th- this time burned away so fast. We, we don't have the time, but I'd love, you know, I wasn't religious when I quit doing drugs. And then after I went back to the church, all these things snapped into place. It was like, wow. So, you know, it was, it was just amazing. So we went over six of the 12 steps um, and kind of like put them in perspective for, for what they are, what they mean, you know, stuff like that. Um, so the next thing that we're going to go to really quick is there, there's another way. You know, um, Angry Tiger. Yes, sir. Uh, one you thing, go? man, I'll tell you. No, 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 no. Oh. The, the thing about step six it's like i don't know how people are making it through life after 2020 without god because that's the only thing that hasn't changed since 2020 family government media everything's changing and you see the other side of people when they came out with the vaccine and all this it's like if without faith i don't even know how you make it through the cbdc and all this stuff because it's like especially if if you want to defy it it's like you know, I told my wife, we might end up living in the mountains, right? And it's like, and she thinks I'm crazy, but it's like, I have the faith that God is just, God is Jesus Christ for me. And I'm not, I'm not like this Bible thumping Christian because I'm far from that. You know, I don't even go to church, but I know Jesus Christ is real for me, at least. So I don't know about other people that's between them and whatever, you know, but without faith in a higher power, it's like impossible to fix your relationships it's impossible to get through all this global tyranny that's going i think that's why a lot of people submit it and 
and gave up and didn't even put up a fight. To me, when I put that mask on, they were attacking my spirit. You know, they were. So that spirit is so important to, and we all have it. And you got to find it within yourself because that spirit, that thing can literally make you look at a mountain, just like the Bible says, tell it to move and it will move because that's, you you could do those things. When I'm running 20 miles, uh, people don't, it's not water or, or vitamins. It's Jesus Christ pushing me through those miles. When you're peeing blood and you're ready to give up, Jesus telling you, keep going, keep going, you keep going. Like, so that's really important, that spiritual thing. It's so important. It's like, that's, there's anything that you get from that. It's, you need to have, even if you're in the grips of drug addiction, I'll say, go find Jesus and then go smoke your crack, go smoke your meth. But with Jesus, he will even guide you in the middle of your darkness, uh, any sinful things you're doing. Jesus will still guide you through it. It doesn't matter. Even if you're doing darkness, you still need Jesus. Even when somebody puts a gun up to you, it, trust me, you'd be calling on God. <laughs> so it's like, it's, that's so important, the spiritual. I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. but <laughs> Brother, I couldn't. It's, I, it's dude, so the only important. thing I had to add to that, bro, is this. That was pretty <laughs> wicked, man. Nice. I couldn't say, can't say anything better than that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, we are, uh, we're getting kind of long in the tooth. Um, but uh, real quick, what next time we have this, I'm going to try to do it sooner than later. So we're going to try to do another one like in April here, unless you, you know, you guys, we'll see. We might even turn this into a special report thing where we kind of put this out on an, I don't know. It's important, but, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to go over this rational emotive behavior therapy because it's something that I ran across that I found was extremely helpful for me in understanding addiction, understanding even, even though I wasn't like totally lost in my way of thinking, I don't think, I mean, I was gone, but not, not really bad. I always kind of held on to my, my stature in life. I had a job and, you know, very few times was I unemployed, but I was still a drug addict, you know, smoking crack. So, you know, it's a, you know, it didn't start out that way, but you know, it's, but you know, anyway, so. It's harder you know, when you're doing good in life and you're making money it's harder to hit rock bottom that way too. Exactly. So I think it's even harder the what you were doing. I was homeless, so I had no choice. <laughs> but I went to federal prison for, for some Ooh. years and I ran into this stuff here and this stuff changed my life, not only because of the, for the drugs, but for just a way to look at things. And, and so we're going to go over this too, when we get, when we get to uh, step six and then, uh, you know, after we go through steps six through 12 on our next episode, Hopefully we'll get to something that I call the power process, which I believe is the reason for all of our uh, addiction processes going on. I, I think there's a, a reason I'm going to try to get on Twitter here, guys, and see who I'm, is, I'm, a, uh, I'm addicted to running now. <laughs> I talk a lot and I run a lot. <laughs> nice. Nice. I want to say, see if I can Federal get prison, on Twitter man. and say hi to everybody. I don't, uh, I'm having problems doing that. I usually do it with my phone. Whoever's watching us on Twitter, Big shout outs to you. Um, most likely it's going to be uh, Patrick, the plumber I know, usually watches us on Twitter and some other people. So I just want to give you guys some shout outs. Um, and then we're going to go to YouTube here in a second. Let me stop sharing the screen for a second, guys. Let's go to YouTube and see. I think we had some comments. We got OP. Thanks for, uh, thanks for viewing OP. Good to see you. And then uh, Tom Cooper had some comments. Let me see. 
Tell, tell Chris to shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. Tom Cooper's had some comments about the bank. The banks are going to try and steal our money, but maybe this is what we need to do to wake up the American people. Yeah, Tom, we're going to go through some pain, and there are going to be some people woken up. Let's hope it's enough, right? Let's hope it's enough to get like we talk about. There's a small critical mass we need to change the hearts and minds and not have the kinetic issue, right? Uh, they didn't call me a two-weeker for nothing. I think he's talking about uh, uh, maybe some addiction issue or something like that. He had Tom's a great guy, and I know that. Uh, I'm not Tom. I'm not saying anything bad. I know you've dealt with drugs in the past, and you're a noble guy, and you have no problems telling people how it is. You're kind of like Chris. You're like a locomotive. You just you say what it, how it is. So, you know, I know you're a proud guy, a good guy, so I'm not worried about tarnishing anything uh, with you. So, but, yeah, Tom said yes. I'm ready, AT. <laughs> Hey, I've been hey, up for two weeks before. <laughs> so, so Tom, hey, Tom, uh, real quick. Do you want to come on the next time uh, we have one of these addiction uh, episodes? I think it's going to be well, probably the first week of April is what I'm going to try to shoot for, guys. So we'll see if he responds, hopefully. Um, and now, because we have four minutes left, i got to get into the plug. And all right. So, David Knight, we check out David Knight. We all watch David Knight. Um, he said we're all good. You're a couple seconds behind us. Sure, Tom's going to be here next time. Tom, excellent. That sounds great. Okay, I'm going to go on with the plug. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, and that, that, that invitation goes out to whoever, you know, wants to come on. You got something you want to share, something that worked for you. <clears throat> That's what this is for. So, I want you all to know. We're, we're doing this the first week of April, maybe. We're going to, you know, I'll reschedule if it doesn't work out that way. But that's what we're shooting for, another episode in April. And I want you guys to come on if you have something to share. Please, especially if it worked for you. So, with that being said, we all watch David Knight. If you want to support him, go to his website, thedavidknightshow.com, or check out davidknight.gold. You hear me guys report on CBDC. You hear me report on the banks. You know, everything's turned into crud. That fiat currency is butter in your hands. The value is melting away. You know, there's it, former con. What's going on, brother? You know, it's melting away in your hand. Your time that you traded for that labor, the time that you traded for for that fiat currency, or the labor you traded for that fiat currency, blood, sweat, tears, time you could have spent with your kids, your grandma, somebody you love, your husband, your wife, that you gave up. It's melting away. It's being devalued by the central banks. They're printing it. They're consolidating it. And they're going to turn it into CBDC. They're ushering in their new the cryptocurrency. And what you're watching right now with the banking industry is, is, is a testament to that, a big bellwether of that. So, ladies and gentlemen, you want to go to davidknight.gold, click join the wolf pack. That is going to take you to the den of the wisest of the wolves, Tony Arterburn, wise wolf, gold and silver, great people, honest people, hearts of angels. You're dealing with great people. They're getting the cheapest price on the internet. If you know you join Wolfpack, you are going to be in a buying group. That makes the price better. And you can do it from $50, $125, $250, $500, up to $1,000 a month. You set it, you forget it. You're like me and you're a maniac and you're running around all the time. I don't have time to remember to go to the, you know, go buy gold or get a hold of Tony and try to transfer his funds and do this and that. This makes my life way easier. You could use a credit card or a debit card, set it, forget it. Supports David Knight, supports Tony Arterburn. Both those guys are great. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, go to Knights of the Storm. Okay, we got friends. We got friends in the jungle here. Angry Tiger has friends. And we're going to give all of our friends a big roar this evening. 
Okay, but you go over to the friends list, right? And you can see all our friends. And David Knight's one of them. America, David Knight, Monday through Friday, okay? 9 a.m. Central to noon on Rockfin, on Rumble, on Twitter, on DLive. Great place to get information. Great place to get your geopolitics. You got America Unplugged every Saturday, 12 to 12 noon Eastern time uh, to 1 p.m. The triple threat, the East Coast host with the most, Billy Ray Valentine. You got Donald Jeffries, the legendary. You got Tony Otterberg, the wisest of the wolves. And those three are the head up a show. It's entertaining. It's informative. It's great. And it's interactive. So, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to miss that show. That being said, Tony Otterberg's got his own transmission. He's on our schedule. Don Jeffries got his own transmissions. You know, I protest. He is on our schedule. You know, you can check all these guys out when you go to Knights of the Storm and look at the schedule. Eric Peters, another great guy. He goes, he's a guest on Gardner Goldsmith, David Knight. He's got EP autos. Check them out. Solid car reviews, you know, and I'm a mechanic and a body guy. So I mean that when I say that. He gives you the nuts and bolts in libertarian language on these cars and on the war on transportation. Gardner Goldsmith, MRC TV. He's on Rockin' Monday through Friday, 7, 6, 6 p.m. to 7.30. Fridays, he does a fictional read. It's badass. You got to check it out. Pardon my French, uh, Ann. It is bad. It is, it, 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 you got to check it out. He you is know. badass. <laughs> Whoa, awesome. <laughs> All right. You hear that, guard? He's on Rockin' Twitter, MFC3, and Rumble. You can check him out on our schedule, too. Charlie Robinson bringing home the bacon with macroaggression. He comes right off the top. Super intelligent guy. He's on Rockman and Twitter. Check him out. You can see him, find him on our schedule. The new prisoner number six, the master of monologue. He's got Chris Graves, the legendary researcher. He's got, oh, yeah. He's got uh, Lisa Ballinger on there with him. And he's got John Henry, the lumberjack of liberty as well. You know, so uh, you want to check those guys out Friday, I believe, now at 10 a.m. And they're on Odyssey. They're on Rumble. They're on, you know, check out his Substack. And you can find his schedule on our schedule. Chris Graves, the Mastodon of researchers. He's doing getting mad with Chris Graves on the Ocelli effect. He's got a Twitter. He's on Gab. He's on Facebook. I think he's on Odyssey trying to get him on Rumble. He's got a link tree. Check it out on his Twitter, guys. By the way, all the videos, when you guys watch them, like them. Because that helps the algorithms. That helps us, you know, that helps these guys and us and everybody else get boosts in the algorithms where we're already shadow banned. We're already in the the sewer of Twitter and these social media places. So you want to check that out for sure. Um, Billy Ray Valentine, Infinite Fringe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts and Twitter. Again, you can find him on our schedule. Jason Barker in the foxhole discussing the war on everything. I believe tomorrow he's discussing the war on money. Not sure if I'm going to be there or not, but I, I think he mentioned something about that. But um, we're going to talk. He's going to talk about the war on money. You get in the foxhole with him, get your flak jacket on. Bouncer sniffs it out from booby traps. Ain't got to worry about any of that. Get your helmet on. Get your, your intellectual weapons ready because Jason Barker is not playing games. He's a warrior, and he's, uh, he's exposing the war on us in the foxhole. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Angry Tiger. You can find me on Twitter. I prefer you find me on my Twitter. You could like me there, but I, I really want you to go to my Rumble and my Substack. Check me out there. I got a link tree pinned to my Twitter. I really appreciate you guys when you guys, you know, give me likes, give me views. All these people do. All these people are great. Check these people out. Smash that like button. Share it. View it. Drop that Twitter handle in a different place, you know, so people see it. You can expose everybody. Um, I did all that without showing anybody the screen. 
What do you think, guys? What do you think of that? That was pretty cool. Look. Hey, everybody, there's the screen I was supposed to be going over. See, there's David Knight. There's, there's John Jeffers and Tony. There's Eric. There's, there's God and there's Charlie. And there's the new president of number six crew, Chris Graves, Billy Ray Valentine, Jason Barker, and the Angry Tiger. All right, really quick. Look, we were, we were really at DavidKnight.com. I promise. I wasn't fibbing. And then we went to the home of the wise wolf. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I'm not perfect. This is do-it-yourself media. I have a great time. I had these guys. We had our beautiful faces up there. Um, I'm going to go to the comments really quick, real quick on YouTube. Former con member, I think, was in there. Chris Graves is in there. Okay. Chris Graves. What's up, Chris? We're, we're going to get you on Eddie Bravo's show. Don't worry. Nice. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> I think he's been yeah. on there a couple of times, man. Check it out. I think he's got one with, uh, I think he's on the Infinite Fringe. And he's been on American Flag. Former con member, I had a comment. It's their currency and traded your labor to use it as legal tender for all debts, public and former con member. You and I speak the same language, brother, when it comes to these banks, you know, what is going on. Um, Hey man, if you want to come on and discuss finances one day, you know, let me know uh, in the chat one day, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get a hold of each other. Ladies and gentlemen, we're four minutes over. I want to thank our guests for spending their time with me in the tiger's den. Um, Thoughts, anybody? Ann, you first. You got any final closing thoughts? No, just thank you for having me. And uh, it's great meeting you, Chris. So hope to see you again. Likewise. Likewise. Uh, well, I guess uh, I'm Twisted Communique on the internet. <laughs> and uh, every, everybody that you posted on there, they make Alex Jones look like CNN. This, that's Everybody you posted is the real alternative 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 media it's, it is like the information will save your life because um macroaggressions i mean they were talking about these mandates coming out way before anybody else and, and it prepared me and my family ahead of time david knight all that information it literally will protect you from what's coming if you listen nice. to them it's, it's it's good stuff it's I love it. it's, it's too much content at this point because at first it was like well, you couldn't find anything when the censorship first started <laughs> and then everybody started kind of popping up and this show it's like um it's getting to the point where like there's too many podcasts <laughs> but that's a good thing though but that's right we are the alt sometimes <laughs> we are the alt to the infiltrated alt media and and you got any anything you want to promote by the way no, you did it all. <laughs> excellent. excellent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, I would like you to thank you all for spending your time in the Tiger's Den. And remember, when it comes to commodities, time is your most valuable commodity. Try not to waste it. Spend it doing something you love with someone you love, improving yourself, or prefer preferably all three of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again. Your time is your most valuable commodity. Cherish it and use it wisely until we meet again.